Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. The last couple of episodes, we've really hit on what could be perceived as real growth opportunities or stretching conversations, managing through conflict and managing low performers. And today we're going to talk about a foundational tip that really undergirds a lot of what we've talked about throughout the season, and that's effective communication. And that can be verbal, that can be written, but effective communication really referring to the ability to communicate, whether it be your supervisor, your colleagues, stakeholders, or your customers, clearly and concisely. And so today we're going to start out with a few tips, really focusing around being direct and clear. Said another way, say what you mean and mean what you say. Uh, Be sure that your message is clear and that there's no room for misinterpretation when you deliver it. Now, that sounds like it could be interpreted as being blunt or maybe not attuned or emotionally sensitive. Really what it means is you're very crisp and clear in what you're trying to say, that you you actually know what you want to say before you say it. Taking the time to understand the point you want to make and identifying the reason for why you want to do what you need to do, uh, what you're trying to communicate. Are you trying to make a decision? Are you trying to inform? Are you trying to educate? Are you looking for type of action to be executed based upon what you're communicating? What's, what's the response you're really looking for? You know, part of being direct and being clear really is ensuring that you're writing at the right level for the right audience or speaking at the right level of vocabulary for the right audience, that you're proofreading, particularly in written communication, that you're proofreading and ensuring that you have good syntax, good grammar, proper punctuation, that you've spelled things correctly. And I know that that sounds a little dramatic. My, my kids tell me I'm way too formal in text message. So you also have to know the medium in which you're communicating, but you really want to make sure that particularly in email, that you're very clear about what it is you're communicating, that you're clear about the type of action that you want as a result of that communication, and you've done the job of ensuring that you've written it well, that you've proofread it. You always want to move towards simplification as opposed to overcomplication, and you want to be very action-oriented and use strong verbs, staying away from kind of passive forms of to be. A way to kind of summarize this first, be direct and be clear, is what do you want the person to do, know, and say as a result of your communication? I'll say that one more time. What do you want the person or the people to do, know, or say as a result of your communication? If it's direct and it's clear, then that message will be articulated. Lindsay, I referenced a moment ago about knowing your audience. Could you could you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Yeah, Justin and I were talking before we started recording about how this topic, effective communication, which really this episode 11 is the last episode for the first season where we dive into the details of a soft skill strategy and know your audience is something we've been talking about. We particularly touched on this in the managing up episode, because in order to 
effectively execute any soft skill, you have to know who you're talking to and be able to effectively communicate to them. I actually had a a graduate professor tell me once that 90% of the problems that exist in an organization can be traced back to a miscommunication. And so I think your tips on being direct and clear, Justin, are super helpful and understanding what do you want the person to tell me it again, do, know, or say. To do, know, or say. To do, know, or say. Yeah. And so it, when you're getting clear on, on what it is you want the person to do, know, or say, you can just kind of layer in an extra level of effectiveness in your communication by also catering the way that you speak to your audience and using the mechanisms like we've talked about before that they prefer in order to get the message. You know, there's, there's people who are more visual and they might do better with documentation. There are people who are more hands-on or auditory learners. And that you're, you change your approach to fit their style of learning and understanding. Because as I think we've said before, it doesn't matter what it is you're trying to say. It really only matters what they heard. Yeah. So the better you know them, the better you can cater to them, the better you understand their stylistic preferences. And I think part of knowing your audience really leads to the next tip here, which is getting buy-in. You're more likely to get their buy-in the more you account for their preferences in terms of understanding and the more direct and clear you are. So if the person is bought into the ask that you have, then you don't have to worry about constantly following up with them. They understand why you have given them the ask, what it is you are trying to accomplish and why you need their help. Yeah. And, and that goes back to concepts we keep continue to talk about, which is empathy, curiosity, asking questions, knowing people well, understanding them, caring about them, really giving, giving a rip, quite frankly. And again, as we talked about on prior episodes, you really can't do that unless sometimes you just step back and are quiet and, uh, and ask follow-on questions. That really leads us to this issue that, that Lindsay just introduced, which is buy-in. If there's a sense, and I've run into it time and time again with customers over the last many, many years, and even in the military, well, if I say it, they'll do it. I'm in charge or I'm leading this. And so if I say it, then it'll get done. And that's that actually never really works. It only works, I think, in most places in a fear-based environment. And who really wants to work in a fear-based environment or be known as that leader who is driving a fear-based environment? So buy-in is really important and getting the buy-in of your folks is really important. And ensuring that your ideas are getting across and that they're communicated well, as Lindsay discussed, and communicated in a way that they can be consumed is really important. If you can do that, I think that buy-in piece becomes much, much easier. But I think you also have to appeal to their self-interest to some degree. Think about what they what they care about. Think about how what you're asking them to do or what you're asking them to adopt really correlates to what matters to them and what they're trying to achieve. And I think folks who are good leaders, good managers are, are going to to do that, right? They're going to look at, I think we, we talked about this on a prior episode, enlightened self-interest, right? It's enlightened self-interest on your part to care about your audience and care about what they care about and evoke some kind of response by aligning your message to their concerns. 
it is important to get buy-in. Uh, you're not going to be able to force it. Buy-in is more of a, a mental condition or a psychological perspective rather than something you can force. With that, then you've got to explain your rationale. Why are you doing what you're doing? So Lindsay, some thoughts there. I like your comment about buy-in being not something that you can force or control. What you can do with buy-in is influence. And so then when you break it down into how can I influence? Well, one of the major ways is to explain the reasoning for why you are either meeting with someone, if that's the type of forum that you're setting up, or if they're a stakeholder on your project or a subject matter expert, you have a question that you're coming to them with, or maybe they're a colleague that you're collaborating on a project initiative, new process, whatever the case may be. Anytime you have an ask for someone or you're setting up a meeting with them, the first question that is going to cross the mind of the reader of your meeting invite, your, your email, your ask is why, why are you approaching me? And that's a great way to proactively set the stage for getting the buy-in is going into the why so that it's not something they have to question. And particularly if you know them, again, if you know your audience and you know their preferences Again, you can adjust and customize your approach to fit their needs. And I would say that knowing your audience and explaining the reasoning are the top two ways that you can get buy-in from someone. Yeah, for sure. It kind of brings us to our last point. And, and the likelihood is that you're not just communicating with one person, right? So this last point is really when you're communicating more broadly, could be a handful of individuals, could be a hundred individuals in your organization, could be more. But when you communicate, and particularly when you're communicating about an initiative or an effort or a launch of something or other, chances are you're going to get questions. And it's always good to proactively identify what those questions might be and create a quick reference guide or an FAQ to proactively address those questions. But you also have to be prepared once you pitch something to catch some of the responses. And that's where it comes down to really taking the time. And it does take time and effort to track and log the questions that you receive and then figure out how you can communicate the answers to those questions back out. And that really does help to clarify, codify, and address questions that may be more generally applicable, but may only be asked by one or two people. And, and ultimately it really drives alignment and I think drives buy-in. So if you start to get those question feeds back, say you're communicating over email or you've communicated, say, on Teams or on a SharePoint site or some kind of internet site, and you start to get questions back, it's always good to consolidate those questions into one central location and log them or categorize them by type to drive clarity. Furthermore, when you start to answer those questions, you want to make sure that you have thoughtful answers aligned to the questions and you want to place those questions in a kind of a centralized location could be a SharePoint site, could be a team site, MS team site, something like that, but you want to log them into a central location. And when you answer questions, say you're receiving a bunch of questions over email or through, through IM, you don't want to answer the questions individually as one-offs, but you want to say, hey, thanks for the question. I'm going to consolidate these with the rest of the questions and push these out in kind of a consolidated communication, either through a pull format like a website or through a push through email or likely via both channels. You really want to avoid the, these one-off answers, um, particularly when you're communicating to a broad audience. You want to try to consolidate, categorize, centralize, 
and then disseminate in one communication to all individuals, whether or not they asked a question um, to ensure, again, that you drive towards clarity, address questions that may not be answered by some folks, but asked by others, and really drive alignment and ultimately drive buy-in. And with that, I think you'll experience more dedicated listening and quicker, quicker levels of buy-in from your folks. And people feel cared for. They'll feel like they have clarity. It'll be amazing how you reduce resistance. So hopefully uh, this has been helpful for you. Not, not quite as uh, weighty a topic as we've had in our last couple of episodes, but just some basic tips for effective communication. Again, going back to lots of other things we've talked about already this season, be empathetic, be a good listener, ask good questions. I never miss an opportunity to be quiet. And when you do need to start communicating, make sure that you're clear, you're concise, you know your audience, you understand how to align your interests with their interests, uh, that you have a clear rationale, and that you respond to their questions and queries in a clear, consolidated, and rationalized format. So thanks so much. That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to download the tips and tricks worksheet from today's episode, download case studies, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter, and more. And tune in next week for an all-new episode. Thanks for listening.